Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. But God was taking care of his prophet. Amen? I mean, he is in deep trouble with his king, or with the king, and especially with the king's wife, Jezebel. I mean, once the drought came to pass, he would have remembered what Elijah said. He probably told Jezebel, and she said, go find him. Find him, bring him back here. We will make him talk. And they start looking for Elijah. They search throughout the entire kingdom. Everybody says, no, we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him at all. They start searching the neighboring territories, you know, asking their kings and their governors, have you seen Elijah? If Elijah's in your province, you bring him to me. And they're getting sworn statements from them. No, no, we searched. He's not here either. They don't know where he is. And prior to all this happening, the Lord had supernaturally began providing for Elijah's protection and provision. Notice where the Lord sends this provision. I have already commanded the ravens to feed you. There. God made provision for Elijah, but he it was not sent directly to Elijah. The provision was sent to a place God wanted him to go. A place called there. And it is in that place that Elijah had to go to receive the provision God had already put in place. Whenever God tells you to do something, he makes full provision available for you. He does not expect you to go to the store and spend your own money trying to do what it is he's telling you to do. Now, let me paraphrase that. By saying that if he tells you to do that, to take your own money and buy this subject or thing at the store, then that's what you need to do. Now, I've seen people, and shamefully I must confess, that I have also stepped out of the will of God sometimes in this area also. I've 
you know, stepped out and done things on my own and did not wait for the provision that God was making available arrive. And when you try and get ahead of God, well, you are ahead of God. You're not with God. Amen. But sometimes people have also stepped out on a word from God and they did not see what God intended work out. Instead of seeing the provision, they suffered problems instead. As well as me, I've done that too. And it makes you wonder if you're honest and bold enough to admit it, what happened? Was God faithful or unfaithful? And if you stop and analyze what you heard and what they heard and then how it was implemented, usually there's something that we failed to do, which stopped them from being in their place called there, the place God had sent the provision. You know, there are times and instances where God will have you pack up and move across the country even though you don't want to. When I was in Texas, I loved Texas. I still love Texas. And God was telling us, I need you to pack up and go to Maryland. Well, that meant starting all over. I did not want to do it. I I do not like the East Coast of the United States. I don't like anything about it. But yet, God had made it clear, this is where you are going to go. And I said, no, I'm not. I will serve you here. And slowly, things began to happen in my life and in our finances that continued to put a squeeze on us until ultimately I had to say, okay, I'll go, but I'm only staying a couple years till I come back. But God got us to where he wanted us. We came to Maryland. And from the moment we arrived in Maryland, we could see God's provision, making blessing and making way for us here. Things began to happen almost supernaturally. Doors opening for us that had remained shut You know, the feeling that your prayers weren't getting any higher than the ceiling. The the heavens had been made brass where your prayers weren't answered. Suddenly, our prayers were being answered again. And we knew, and I still know, this is where God wants us. And it has been, at the time of this recording, 17 years, and we're still here. Glory to God. Do I love Maryland? Do I love the East Coast of the United States? No. If I had my way, I'd pack up tomorrow and be gone to Florida or Texas or Colorado or Arizona, somewhere where it's warm, glory to God, or beautiful. But God has not given us that release. And he said, your provision is here. And I want to stay in the provision of God. Amen. Our family is now here. My grandchildren, this is the only home they've really known. We're here. We have roots here. Our ministry is here. 
I have ministry friends here. We have more friends here now than we do elsewhere because we've been here so long. This is where God said, I will bless you there. And he has, and he continues to do so. And Elijah's running into the same situation. He does not want to pull up roots. When God said, run, boy, go to the book, Brook Carith, and I will, I have already commanded the birds to take care of you. Your provision will be there. Elijah said, I don't want to go. My family is here. I got a house here. I have friends here. I can minister for you just as well here as I can there. Matter of fact, if I go out there, I can't minister for you at all. But instead of reasoning it out like that, which means where is the provision? The provision is still there by the brook Carith. Instead of reasoning it out like that, and Elijah said, if you want to bless me, God, bless me here. God said, no, your blessing is there. If you stay here, you are missing your provision. You are missing your blessing. Amen. You are not going to be able to do it. Praise the Lord. But Elijah didn't do that, did he? You see, when God tells you to do something, he provides for us every single time we do what he tells us to do. He loves his children. He loves us. He has made abundant provision for everything we need. But that provision is not sent to where we are. It is sent to where God wants us to go. It is sent to where we are supposed to be in order to serve God, for God to give us protection, to preserve us, to provide for us. Therefore, if we are not obedient and we do not follow through on what God has told us to do, we can mess up the entire supply train for our lives. Take, for example, a quarterback in football. He throws a pass to his receiver. Every, you know, is was once asked of a coach, I can't remember, I want to say Bear Bryant, but I can't be sure on that. They said, you know, when you were down at the two-yard line, your own two-yard line, you were 98 yards away, at which time did you design a play to score a touchdown? And... His response was, every play, including defensive plays, we design to go all the way to the end zone. Now think about that. It could be, you know, from down at your own two-yard line looking 98 yards upfield, you don't have any operating room down in that end. You would think that you know we'll just hand it off to the linebacker and let him run straight up into the group and try and get three, four, five yards. But you see that play is actually designed that if the blockers do their job properly, 
That guy is going to run all the way 98 yards for a touchdown. Glory to God. It's not designed just to get three or four yards. That may be the outcome. But it's designed to go all the way for the touchdown. Hallelujah. And that's the way we need to be as well. For we know that's the way God is. He's designing us to score a touchdown for him. Praise God. Now, the quarterback, when he throws the ball to the receiver, he is throwing it to where the receiver is supposed to be. He's leading him. But if that quarterback isn't where, I mean, if that receiver is not where he's supposed to be, He's you know, going to miss the ball. It's just going to fall on the ground or, worse yet, be intercepted. You know, I've seen receivers break right and the quarterback's throwing the ball left. But just as he throws the ball, the receiver breaks back to the left again, fooling the defender, and ends up right where the ball is at that exact moment he hits that spot. Just as he gets to that exact spot, the ball is right there. The quarterback did not throw the ball where he was. He threw it where he was supposed to be. Amen. But if that receiver gets it in his head, you know, I mean, they they call a play in the huddle, and every person on the field, you know, for that team knows what their job is when that play is called. From the center hiking the ball to the blockers knowing which way to turn to the defender to keep them away from the ball carrier to the receivers knowing which way to cut and jive uh, so the quarterback knows where they're going to be as he throws the ball. It's all a well-oiled machine and it, it looks so easy to pull off, but it takes practice, 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 and more practice. And if one person does not do what he's supposed to do, then the entire team looks like they're confused. If the center hikes the ball and sends the ball over the head of the quarterback. Or if the defender, you know, the blockers decide they want to run down the field and receive and let the defenders run unabated to the quarterback and sack him. Or if the receivers run the wrong routes, it looks completely foolish instead of spectacular. Well, it's the same way with us. God You know, we're one piece of the puzzle. God has his plan to get his word throughout the world. And he tells this preacher over here, I need you to go here and preach this. And he tells this pastor on this Sunday, I need you to preach this. And he tells an evangelist over here, I need you to preach this. And all three working together are orchestrating the entire thing God wants done at that particular time. It's like a symphony. You know, you have the guy with the cymbals that, you know, if he decides he wants to, you know, beat these cymbals together whenever, he's on his, you know, he's listening to iPod, you know, has earbuds in. And he's listening to rock and roll music, and he's just going to town with the cymbals. But he's not playing according to the music sheet that everybody else is on. Not only does he look foolish, but it throws off the entire orchestra. 
But a good conductor, he can have the violins and he can have the bass drum and he can have the cymbals and he can have the clarinets. And if you've ever sat in an audience and listened to them as they warm up prior to the performance, it sounds absolutely terrible. I mean, uh, a third-grade music band sounds better than they do when they're warming up. Why is that? Because each group is warming up according to their particular instrument, how they prepare for it, how they tune it. But then all of a sudden you hear the click, click, click. That's the conductor tapping his little rod on the stand, letting everybody know, okay, look at me now. And when he begins to orchestrate the violins, the clarinets, the bass drum, the cymbals, the, the horns and saxophones, that it sounds absolutely marvelous. Amen. That's what God is trying to do with these pastors in the earth today. He says, over here, I want you just to preach on this today. Over on this side, I need you to preach on this today. Out here in the field, I need you to do this today. And when it's all done in orchestra, the devil doesn't stand a chance. Amen? And how important is it for us to be on God's sheet of music? Going along according to God's plan. Well, let me just re-emphasize. You've heard me tell this story before. I'm going to do it again anyway. Way back in the early, late 1890s, early 1900s, somewhere in that time frame, when horse and buggies and wagons were still the mode of transportation, Trains were just getting their foothold, especially out towards the west. An evangelist with a horse and wagon traveling throughout the Midwest came upon a town, set up his tent, put out his sign, you know, revival here. And he stayed in that town for seven days preaching his heart out, giving an invitation every night, nobody coming forward. He had a good crowd there, you know, maybe 50 to 100 people every night. But every night he would give the invitation and nobody came forward. And on the last night of the revival, he preached his heart out, all that he had in it, gave the invitation, And nobody came forward except this one little boy, about seven years old. And that little boy gave his heart to the Lord that night, little Billy. In the natural, it looked like the entire week had been wasted. This guy had heard from God, obeyed God, went to that town, preached his heart out, witnessed for him during the day, preaching that night, Nobody got saved that entire week but one little seven-year-old boy named Billy Sunday. And I know you heard of him. How many millions of people 
are now in the kingdom of God because of the preaching of Billy Sunday. And that one lone, no-name evangelist is getting as much credit for every soul touched by Billy Sunday as if he was preaching it himself. In the natural, it looked like the absolute stupidest waste of time. God, I could have gone over to this town that was bigger and had better results. But if he'd have done that, Billy Sunday would not have been born again at that point in time. Oh, I'm sure later on in life he would have been. But he got born again then, and it began his change and his transformation, and beginning God began to shape him right then from age seven. And Billy Sunday has impacted the world. And it was because one no-name evangelist obeyed God. That's how God orchestrates all these things together. And when we do what God says to do, we are one giant symphony orchestra lifting up praises to God. But if you get someone who decides they want to go out on their own, I'm not following the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. I know what I want to do for God. It's just like that guy with the cymbals beating his own, you know, going to his own tune. It just throws off the whole symphony. Everyone looking at it can focus on the one guy who's not doing what he's supposed to do. You could have a 1,000-piece orchestra, and you get one guy playing his own music instead of doing what everybody else is supposed to be doing and following the conductor. Every person in that auditorium, you could have a 50,000-seat arena, and all 50,000 people will be looking at the one guy who's not doing what he's supposed to do. And think the entire orchestra is dumb. And think the conductor doesn't know what he's doing. All because one guy wants to do his own thing. Now, put that in relation to the ministry, every ministry, all across America, all across the world, You need to be in symphony with God as your conductor. Amen. Everything I'm giving you right now is not included in my notes for today. That means I'm being led by the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. And this message is going on and touching somebody's ears and heart that needs to hear it today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me see if I can find my place in the notes. All right, let's go back. That there is a place called there for every one of us. You cannot necessarily see it from where you're at right now. You just have to obey and step out in faith on what God has told you to do. The provision is not where you are now. It is there. It is found while you are doing what God has told you to do. Many people will say they're waiting 
for their provision before they step out. But God says, I have already commanded the birds to feed you there. I have already made your provision there. Let's look for a minute where the brook of Corinth is. It's not on any map today, but it must have been at least two or three miles long because it was feeding into the Jordan River. So how did Elijah know where to go? Well, he just continued walking along the brook until he found a place where bread and flesh or bread and meat had already been placed. Remember, God had already commanded the ravens even before he spoke to the prophet. So Elijah, you know, I mean, birds do not have the same, shall I say, inquisitiveness that people have. The birds would not have argued with God like people do and say things like, He's right here, God. Why do we got to carry the bread away over there? No, they would just do and obey. And they could certainly fly there faster than Elijah could walk there. So I believe he just kept walking until he seen and found the place where the birds were bringing the food. And then he knew, I'm here. I'm at that place called there. The Bible doesn't say, but I believe it was probably a little like oasis, well hidden, probably with a little cave to keep Elijah cool in the heat of the day and a place to build a little fire where the fire wouldn't be seen at night. Amen. Keep him warm during those cool nights. But the brook of water was right there also. And the birds kept bringing the food every morning and every night right there. So Elijah stayed right there. Amen? Now, what would have happened if Elijah would not have obeyed God's provision for him? It would not have obeyed God. He said, no, I'm not moving. I'm staying right here in this house. God, you gave me this house 10 years ago, and I'm staying right here. I'm not arguing with you anymore about this, God. You do what I say. Bring your provision here. That would have been arrogant, wouldn't it? God's provision for him would still have been at the brook Corinth in that place called there. But it would have become food for the animals or just rotted right there. And all the while, Elijah would have been starving to death back here. Going through and suffering through the drought with everyone else back here or have been captured and tortured by the king and his henchmen back here. There is a place for obedience. Obedience does not change God's heart towards you. He still loves you even if you're here and not there. But if you're not in obedience, you certainly make it hard on yourself and your family here instead of obeying God and going there. I know, amen. God has put a call on your life, folks. As I've said many times over, every person is called into some form and fashion of ministry. You may not be called into the fivefold ministry, but you are called into some form 
of ministry. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.